Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Wow, let's thank God. Yes. You know, God gets all the glory, honor, and praise, doesn't he? Let's thank him one more time. Wow. And you may be seated if you can. Listen, I, I thoroughly enjoyed what just happened. I worshiped, I prayed, I'm believing for miracles. I, I love it. And, and I want to say this about your pastor. I've known of him for a long time. I've heard about him. And people say, man, you need to get to know this guy. You, get to, you need to get to know this guy. Well, we were just never in the same place until a couple weeks ago. And we were at a pastor's conference and we both spoke. And by the way, your, your pastor brought it. It was one of the greatest messages I've heard in a very, very long time to pastors and that. So let's thank God because it was really, it inspired me, it blessed me. And I thought, man, I, I like this guy. And, uh, and I, I need you to know that your pastors, Pastor Keith and Pastor Sheila, they're, they're some of the most gifted, talented pastors I've ever met in my life. I'm just telling you, and they can't say it, but I'm going to say it. And we, you ought to be thankful for the gift here because it is not normal. I mean, this guy can jump up on a stage. He can sing. He can call rank. I mean, I'm just in awe. I mean, every time I talk to him, I'm like, well, there's another one. There's another one. And I'm like, I barely can talk. But you, man, you, you and your wife, you've got it. This is a great church. And I'm telling you, your best days are ahead of you. Just the feel, you could feel the life of God in here. I got to talk to your men, and for all the warrior men, I, I didn't have this quote the other day, but um, uh, Dr. Mike said, I forgot to say it, and I did. But Dr. Lee Merritt said this, I love this. If you think we're fighting a virus, you're going to act like a victim. If you think we're fighting a war, you're going to act like a warrior. And so we're, we're going to act like warriors in here. This is... This is the house of warriors, which blesses every woman and every family. If we could ever get the men to take their rightful place, the whole family's blessed. And there's been a movement in our culture and our society for a long time to break down the nuclear family. And the reason for that is if we can get the man out of the house, out of the way, out of church, away from God, then the devil can come in and destroy everything. And it's not like you ladies aren't fighting, man. Some of you single moms, God bless you. You're fighting and you keep fighting. That's why you need to stay connected to the house because you may not, your kids may not have a dad all the time or a good dad or a good father, but man, when you stay connected to the house, the blessing on this, this pastor and his wife gets on you and that's the protection you need. And so God is doing some amazing things. When you were talking about the pastors in Ukraine, I received a phone call last night asking me to pray that they're, they're, they have targeted the Ukraine pastors, Putin has, to kill them. So they have churches over there, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, and anybody that has a voice, they've targeted to kill them, and, and some of them have left to go to Poland so they don't get shot. So when Pastor Keith was talking, I was, I was telling Josh, I said, oh my goodness, I just, last night I received a phone call, and they said, Pastor, we're just calling a few guys to pray for these pastors. So when we think it's not smart to get involved, this is what happens when people don't get involved. Christians, when they leave any arena, it always goes down. When Christians stay engaged, everything looks brighter. And so, Pastor, with your permission, can we take a moment and just pray for those pastors? Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, 
We just, as a body of believers, we pray for those pastors and leaders in Ukraine. We pray that you protect them and their families. We pray that any arrow, any bullet that's, that's sent out against them, that no weapon will prosper. We pray for divine protection and their voices would be heard. And we pray that God, as the enemy comes in, you raise up a standard that, that, that would protect those people in that country. And that God, that you would move supernaturally. Protect those pastors, their families, the Christians, the believers, but that nation. We just add our faith. Pastor Keith said it several times. There's power and agreement. And so we stand in agreement for our brothers and sisters that we do not know, but they're part of our family. We ask that you move, God, and hear our prayers today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Listen, I'll try to go through this a lot quicker because we've spent so much time. But, man, it's an honor to be here. I love the feel of your church. In fact, when I, when I was standing here, I was talking to some of the guys. I said, if, if, if I didn't know, if I just closed my eyes, I'd feel like I'm in my church. That's how like-minded we are. And so it's an honor to meet you. It's a pleasure to get to know your pastors and their family. They got a great family. I, I just can't say enough about them because I've never met anybody as gifted and talented as these people. And I'm, I'm amazed. I'm going to go home and people say, what do you got? I got much. But, but what I got, I'll give, you know. But, uh, and I can't sing. I, I, my, my guys say, you get to be in the all-church choir. You know where that's at? Out there. You can't be on stage. You're just in the all-church choir where no one can hear you. And then there's people that, that grew up around me that are in your church. Aaron and Tiana are sitting right there. They, I've known him since the second grade. I've known her for over 20 years, and they're part of this family. And... And they're serving because they know to serve. He's been in the ministry they have. They, him and Aunt, my son and Aaron have been best friends since the second grade. They were best man in each other's weddings. And so I've known them for a long. And then Matt, Matt's here too, right? Matt, I baptized him. I don't know if he's here today. But he, I baptized when he was like eight years old in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But you notice they, they moved to America. And so... And I can't blame them because I'm from the People's Republic of New Mexico, and it's not, it's not been fun. But today I want to talk about a message I call Just Take a Breath, how we need to slow down and breathe, that we're going to talk about a process that God leads us all on, that our journey always leads uphill, but we have, and we have uphill dreams, but downhill habits, wow. habits that hinder what you have in your heart, what God wants to do with you. And folks, just so you know, I haven't always done this. So when I'm talking about a process, I'm talking about a guy who went to Bible school that nobody wanted. No church hired me. No one interviewed me. So I went to work at UPS. What can Brown do for you? I was that guy for 10 and a half years. And then I thought, man, God could never use me. And I moaned and I groaned and I, I complained constantly. And thinking, God, why did I go to Bible school? I should have just finished regular college because I went to regular college, quit that when I got saved to go to Bible school. I said, what's the point? None of it matters. Anybody ever felt that way? None of it mattered. And I used to moan and groan. And then God opened the door so I could make a few extra bucks officiating. So I, I was a football official, I was a basketball official, and I was a girls' fast pitch softball official. 
And then, and then it was like, God, why? I don't even like it. But I, I did it and the doors were open and I was fairly good at it. And then I'm stuck at UPS and I'm complaining all the time. And you know what I didn't know? I wish I knew then that I know now is that God has a process and he's God and gets to train you wherever he deems fit. And if we buck and fight, we just stay there longer till we get the message. I used to tell God all the time, God, you know what? If you just let me do what I want to do, I'll be different. Anybody thought that way? God, you just give me more money, I'll be a better giver. Anybody thought that? If you just, if you just open this door and give me this job, I'll be happier. Come on. Come on, this is church. Help a brother out. I'm visiting. Make me feel better. No, I'm kidding you. But it's true, right? Can I tell you that all that's deception? It's a lie. Because here's the truth. You take you with you wherever you go. So if you've got a bad attitude in this job, you'll have a bad attitude in the job you want. If you're not giving a, a dime off, off a dollar, you're never going to give a thousand off 10,000. We deceive ourselves. If we just had more, I'd do more. No, God says, whatever I put in your hand, that's what you do with right now. Because then it opens the door for him to put more in your hands. So I'm at UPS. And what Brown can do, wore the shorts, pretty good calves. And I delivered packages. And I didn't understand till much later what God, what the process God had, had me on. How can you go from UPS to officiating to pastoring? There seems like no connection, but there's tons of connections. I couldn't see it when I was in. In fact, I used to tell God this. God, when I get to heaven, if I can remember, you and I are going to have a discussion about this UPS stuff. And now, you know what I say to him? I get it. Thank you, Lord. You knew better than me. That's what we all have to know. And if God truly leads us, you are right where you're supposed to be right now. Well, I don't like my job. Big deal. There's something you need to learn at that job. Maybe there's someone you need to reach at that job. Maybe there's someone you need to influence. We don't know, but God knows. And so as a disciple, our journey takes time. And the, create, the question is today and always will be, who do I want to please, God or people? Right. And the truth is at times you cannot do both. Yeah. And no one gets to skip the process. God is never in a hurry like we are. God's word actually says talks about don't hurry up. God's word never says hurry up. He never talks about hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. We get that way, but God doesn't. Proverbs 19.2 says from God's word translation, I'm going to read it from the, that translation, the Amplified. It says, a person without knowledge is no good. A person in a hurry makes mistakes. Also, from the Amplified, also it is not good for a person to be without knowledge and he who hurries with his feet acting impulsively and proceeding without caution or analyzing the consequences, sins, misses the mark. How many of y'all been in a hurry and made a mistake? Come on. How many of y'all been in a hurry driving and you made a mistake? How many of y'all know driving is so funny? If you leave your house early enough, nothing bothers you. But if you're in a hurry, oh man, everybody driving crazy. The light, I caught every light. But then somehow when you're not in a hurry, it's like you hear music and the lights are all green and everybody's driving nice. Come on. 
Because when you're in a hurry, it changes your whole focus. It could be the same thing, but you notice more of the problems when you're in a hurry. And God says, chill. I mean, I think if he wrote the scripture today, he'd say, just chill out. Slow down. Some say that's sacrilege. I don't know what he'd say, but God doesn't talk to me in King James. I hear things like, Smothering, you're a knucklehead. You need to stop or you need to go. You need to whatever. So people often move too fast through life, rushing headlong into the unknown. Some people marry without really getting to know the other person. They get in a hurry. And when you get in a hurry, you overlook or make excuses for behavior because they just, don't, they just want to be married. You, you overlook things. Then when you marry them, you, you, you're confronted with it all the time. Well, it won't bother. I've talked to couples. I said, does that bother you? Yeah, but I'll be okay. No, no, no. You don't understand. When you get married, it'll just get worse. What bothers you a little when, before you're married will bother you a lot when you're married. Come on. I mean, that's just the way relationships work. And you always marry your opposite. You're attracted to your opposite. And then when you get married, you attack your opposite. And here's what you say, what are they thinking? And what happened here? And who are they? And what? Come on, because you're around each other 24-7. You don't get to go to your own apartment. Like the first time when I got married, my wife went to the restroom. I said, you better close that door right now, girl. I, I do not, not want to hear. I, don't want, I want nothing to do with that. I mean, does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, you can be free, but I ain't that free. No. And so that's what happens is we get in a hurry. And when you get in a hurry, you're always overlooking things that God's putting out warning signs. Because I want what I want. Others do things without considering the consequences. Enthusiasm is no good without knowledge, acting impulsively. And it will not make a bad situation better. We need to slow down. Be sure you understand what you're getting into and where you want to go before you take the first step. We cannot tell or know all that the future holds, but we must do our homework. And we need to ask certain questions, the right questions. We need to be sure we are following God. And folks, can I say this? Some people get stuck in life by saying things like, I just want to know it's the will of God. Listen, sometimes you know the will of God as you walk. And sometimes you learn the will of God about what doesn't work. Like, I think this is God. And you walk in, you're like, I won't do that again. That wasn't very good. I mean, that's how, that you, it's an experiment. You're, you're, you're experimenting until you figure out how God speaks to you and talks to you and how he leads and guides you. You know how God leads me? He gets me in situations that he knows I won't like, that if he knew up front, I knew everything about him, I would never go. I would just be like, God, I ain't doing that. But he knows if I'm in him, I won't quit. So I went to Roswell, America, took over a church. We found out they were negative 500 in the checkbook. There was no home to live in, nothing. But I was already committed. If I'd have known up front, I would have just stayed at my job. God knows my personality. Well, wouldn't you obey God? Yeah, I'd obey God. I ain't doing that. (laughs) And then when I went to Albuquerque and took over the church and found out the pastor took off with a ton of money, If I'd have known up front, I wouldn't have gone. I'd have been like, I don't want this hassle. How many of y'all don't want hassles? 
So that's how, so God knows, Steve, because I, I, I tell God all the time, why don't you tell me these things? He says, because I can't. Because you're so bullheaded, you're so, in your mind, he knows once I fix my mind on something, I'm going to do it, good or bad. So he's like, I'm not telling you anything. So I don't ever get told anything. I don't have dreams. I don't have visions. I've never had a voice. Really, I don't even know if I ever dream. My wife gets dreams. I'm like, why does she get them and I don't? Because she's not like you. So God knows us and he knows where we need to go. He knows the process, the journey we have to walk so he can get us where you need to be so you can be fulfilled. God never said he'd make you happy. But he said, I'll fulfill you. Happiness is fleeting. Fulfillment is something we can put our passion into. So that's how God deals with me. So I complain all the time. God, I've never seen an angel. Never seen a demon. Well, I think I've seen some demons. I live in New Mexico. I could name them. No, I'm kidding you. And, and then I find out, and I have this thought one day, Steve, if I told you, I know you would never go. But once you're in it, you'll never quit. That's my personality. I'll just keep plugging and fighting through it. But if you and I don't understand there's a process we all have to go through, we'll miss it. Jeremiah 2.25 says, slow down. Take a deep breath. What is the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? And when you walk with God, it's his, it, you, you, you become his servant. So God knew when I got out of Bible school, I wasn't ready to be in the ministry. He said, you got to go to UPS. And you said, well, how can UPS train you for what you're doing? Because I had to serve people. I had to deliver packages when I was mad, when I was sad, when I was hurt physically when I was tired, when I was freezing cold, when I was so hot I sweated through my shirt. And then when I would be mad and, you know, let me tell you something you never do when you deliver, get a package from a UPS guy or FedEx guy. Don't ask him this question, what is it? Because I'm going to help somebody out here. When people used to ask me that, I used to think, I wouldn't say, I used to think, I don't know, I didn't order it. What, what, what? That's the dumbest question ever. This here, you want your package or not? I don't know what you ordered, ma'am. So don't do that. If you do that, I'm telling you what they're thinking like. They're walking away like dumb people, man. What? But I learned that, that no matter how bad it got, no matter how bad the day was, how hard the day was, what was going on in my life, we still served. So God said, I taught you to serve, Steve officiating. You know, what can you learn in officiating? How can God walk you through a process to help you do what I'm doing today by officiating? Because I was taught when you officiate, half the crowd loves you, half hates you. Come on. You make a charge call and you go like this. One crowd's going, yeah. And the other coach going, you're awful. So here's what you learn. Here's what I learned. God told me this. Here's what I learned. I learned not to get too puffed up when they told me I did well and not to get too down when they told me I didn't do good because the Lord only knew what pastoring was really like. Half the crowd's like, that's a great message. The other crowd said, I can't believe we did that. (laughs) And what the Lord taught me was, you know whether you did good or not without anybody telling you. So if you make, if you do something, you don't do a good job one day, you know. And so he taught me not to be moved. 
That's the process God had me on. What's the process that you're going through that maybe you don't like? And Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus comes over on a boat and Jairus comes over to him and says, hey, come quickly. Jesus, my daughter's at the point of death. And he's grabbing him. Can you imagine? Your daughter's dying. You just want him to come immediately. And, and Jesus like, okay, I'll go with you. But on, along the way, there's, a, there's thousands of people, hundreds of people thronging him, touching him. This is what most Christians do. They just touch Jesus like, oh, oh, that's Jesus. And they touch him. And as he's walking through the crowd, you know, Jairus is probably like, we got to run. I mean, wouldn't you? Come on. Come on, God. Come into my life. God, I need you now. God, come on. And the Lord's just strolling. Cruising. I'm Jesus. You're not. I know. You really don't know. And then this lady has the audacity to interrupt his journey. She's unclean. She's the woman with the issue of blood. And if you ever stop to think about her, she was unclean, so she probably had no more friends. She probably couldn't even get next to her own husband. There was no physical touch because whenever she came around people, she had to yell, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, so people would stay away so they wouldn't become unclean. And so she took a moment in her life realizing the consequences could have been so dire, they, maybe even death. And she said, I don't care. I'm going to touch Jesus. If I but touch his hem of his garment, I don't even need to do much. I just need to touch a little bit of what he's wearing. I'll be healed. So in the midst of all this, Jairus is probably panicking. This woman comes up and touches Jesus. He's got a throng of people around him. And Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? And his disciples being like, what we would be like, are you kidding me? What do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. He said, yeah, everybody's touching me, but only one person really touched me. Only one person really wanted me. So he kept looking around. His disciples are like, dude, like everybody's touching you. He said, oh, no, they're fans, but they're not disciples. Clapping. We're clapping for the, for whatever. Too many people in the grandstands, not on the field. And you know the grandstands always criticize those on the field. And so the lady comes up to him basically crawling and said, man, it was me. He, she didn't know what was happening. He's a rabbi. He's a teacher. I can't touch him. And she didn't tell the whole group of people she was unclean. She just, she just went for it. And Jesus said, man, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Can you imagine Jairus? Come on! And then Jairus, the report comes. And they say, Jairus, don't bother him anymore. Your daughter's dead. Can you imagine the pain of that? And then Jesus is still not in a hurry. He says, chill out, Jairus. I got this. I mean, basically, that's what he said. We don't like to use those terms, but that's how we talk. That's how he, Jesus does not talk to me in King James. Thou, O oh Steve. <laughs> and the way he communicates is things that I understand. He never talks to me about knitting or crocheting. You know why? Because I'd be like, what? I don't do that. But he will give me sports analogies, things that I know. That's how God's going to talk to you. But the process is what he deems it to be. And if we don't have a good attitude of the process, you just stay in it longer and longer and longer. Yeah, 
So Jesus tells Jairus, don't worry about it, Jairus, I got this. See, we want God to be in a hurry, but folks, when we're in a hurry, it just creates frustration and anxiety and pain and discouragement. We just got to be patient and walk the walk. Do what's before us. And if we're going to walk with Jesus, we have to slow down. And understand no amount of hurry will help you grow or know God any better. Hurry hurts our relationships with God. Psalms 46.10a says, be still and know that I am God. See, your life pace matters. You know, one of my greatest regrets as a, as a man, just as a husband, as a father, is that the whole time I was working at UPS, refereeing all the time, I refereed almost six days a week, as well as had a full-time job. My wife and I, for 10 years, never went to a movie. We hardly ever went out to eat. We just didn't have the money. But we were okay. We were fulfilled. We, we, didn't, we didn't feel like we missed anything. We did it because it's just what it took to make it so we wouldn't get extended so we could continue to tithe and give. You see, too many people think they deserve stuff. And the one thing I've learned from God, I don't deserve anything from God. I didn't deserve his salvation either, but he gave it to me. And somehow when we, get, when we, when we don't understand the process of what the journey is, We'll tell God things like, God, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, and why aren't you doing this, this, and other thing? See, it's the wrong mentality. Jesus saves us. It's a gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's just something he gives us. When you receive it, everything else, when you act on his word, he gives you his promises, but it's not because you deserve it. It's because his grace allows it, his mercy. And when you can handle it, he can put it in your hands. So part of people's journey is coming to church, making that a priority, getting involved, serving. That's, that's important for your life. When I was at work, uh, working at UPS, and I, but, but I'd been in the ministry already. I did prison ministry for years. I preached. I did all those things. And one day, Pastor Willie George, the church I was attending, and he's been my pastor for over 30 years now, he, he gets up and says, guys, I'm not going to preach until I get 10 people, 10 men that will usher, be ushers. Before the service, the usher guy where we sat, you know how we sit, we always sit in the same place. My wife and I sat in the same two or three rows, depending on who got there first. And this guy came up and said, hey, have you ever thought about being an usher? In my mind, I'm like, I'm no usher. Are you kidding? I'm this, that. I'm not usher. My wife, who sometimes thinks she's the Holy Spirit, anybody have wives like that? <laughs> she's elbowing me, says, Steve, why don't you be an usher? And I looked, I said, I'm no usher. I mean, I was indignant. And then I thought, I don't care if he doesn't preach at all. I'm not going to volunteer. And then I was driving my truck Monday, quiet. It's a loner job. I'm out in the country. And literally, I'm praying, and I'm thinking I'm okay. I'm going to jump off here again. I'll crawl up. I can't jump up like your pastor. But I, I was praying, and, the, and it was like God. And, and when I say God was speaking to me, it's not a voice. It's just these thoughts. And this thought came and said, Steve, if you can't serve me here... You'll never serve me from up there. Servanthood doesn't start when you get what you want. It starts right where you're at. So you know what I did? I stopped at a payphone because we didn't have cell phones. I called the church and said, how do I volunteer to be an usher? And can I tell you something? Those two years I ushered before we moved to Roswell to pastor were some of my greatest, funnest two years of being a Christian, even to this day that I've ever had. Just serving. 
And then what did God do? He opened the door for me to go to Roswell. And I said, God, if you just open that door, I'll be different. And you know what? I took me with me. I was still a whiner. <laughs> but then one day I was driving my UPS truck and I'm mad and I'm upset because I'm not getting what I want. Finally, I realized if I'm a servant and God's the master, he's the Lord. Then I finally said, God, if all you have for me is to be a UPS man, that's what I'll be. I'll just, I'll just submit to that. I'll just try to be the best UPS guy I can be. Do you know what? Right after that is when he opened the door for me to go pastor. See, it's learning to submit to the will of God and the process of God. And wherever you're at, you're going through a process. If you're God's child, you're born again, you're in a process whether you realize or not. And it's always working to knock off the edges that we need knocked off. To form us. It's God who's the creator. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's just trying to mold us. But if we fight the process or we think we're too good for it or I'm too good to be out in the parking lot, I'm too good to usher. My wife, she so served. She still served. She served in the nurseries. She just took care of babies. She didn't care. We didn't have any ego with it. Serving God is serving God. And that's when you get the blessing of God. And that's when everything he's put in your hand becomes a blessing instead of a curse. In other words, we don't have to prosper and lose our families. We don't have to do well and lose something. We can have it all. It doesn't mean there's not a fight going on or you're not going to fight with your emotions or your thinking or your feeling. But we fight the good fight of faith and we'll win it if we stay submitted to the process that God has for us. And wherever you're at, that's the process. This is still a process for me. I'm learning and growing like everybody else. I come here and I look around and I think of all the great things and the men and the, and the warrior spirit. I'm like, this is the, this is the way men are supposed to be. Quit letting, the, quit, letting the world, quit letting the world tell us we have to be feminine. People tell me all the time, do you, do you not have a feminine side? I said, I do. Her name is Cynthia and I get in touch with her quite often. <laughs> That's the only feminine side I have. It's my wife. I, I just don't, I don't, why do I have to have a fit? Well, you got to have a fit. I don't, that's a, that's on God. God never told me, Steve, you need to have a feminine side. Other than when you get married, that's your feminine side. And I like to reach out and be feminine with her. I mean, what the heck, you know, she's my wife. But we got to be men. Men have to stand up and take their place and quit thinking it's the woman's job. We have to take our place in the kingdom and understand there's a process. And we have to humble ourselves, men, because it's harder, and just serve. It's not beneath us. It blesses your life. The process of giving. Well, I don't believe. You know, here's what I hear all the time. All the church wants is your money. They just want all your money. That's not true. We don't want it all. And it's like we teach the word for our benefit. We teach the word for your benefit because we can't bless you the way God. Only God can bless you. You tithe, God blesses. You give offerings, God blesses. You, we, we, I don't have the ability, you know, your pastor is gifted as, he, as him and his wife are. They don't have the ability to bless you. God opens doors and closes doors. God prospers you and God, God moves things so you can be blessed. But we fight the process. Well, I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do that, and I'm not going to do that. Just like lifting your hands, man. I remember guys like, man, they're they like, I'm not lifting my hands. Why? You lift them at a football game. You lift them when you're watching your favorite basketball team. Three, three, hit it. Touchdown. I watch these guys, and 
10 churches like, nope. <laughs> the process of growth. Let me define this because I got to close. Man, all this stuff got me. I don't usually preach like this, but I can. I can, I can, I, you know, so funny, people don't think I can because I'm pretty mellow, but I can, I can preach. I can even add syllables to my words, just so you know. And the Lord said, no, okay, here we go. The word process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end, a natural phenomenon marked by gradual changes that lead toward a particular result, the process of growth. That's what God wants us to do. So we need to ask our questions as we go through the process. What do I need to learn while I'm in this season? What do I need to get out of it? What do I need to see? What does God want me to see? Because God is always teaching and instructing us always. The bottom line, growth comes with struggle and difficulty. It's a process. He is forming you into something or someone, and he takes his time doing it. Because if he gets in a hurry, you'll falter, you'll fall, you won't make it. He'll put too much in your hand, and there'll be, you know, it's like, I think it was Jack Hayford that said one day he had a guy come up to him and said, hey, pray that God prospers me. So Jack Hafford prayed and said, God, prosper this man. Then, you know, a year later, the guy's making so much money. And he came up to me and he said, Pastor, pray for me. I'm making so much money, it's hard for me to tithe now. And he said, what? He said that, so pray for me. So they said Jack Hafford got him by the hands and said, God, please decrease this guy's finances to where he's comfortable in tithing. The guy pulled away and said, what? what kind of prayer is that? And said, listen, you're the one that said you're uncomfortable making that much money. He goes, no, I'll be good from now on. <laughs> See, when it becomes, listen, growth, when it costs you too much, when it becomes too painful, you'll quit growing. In other words, okay, God wants me to do this. God wants me to do that. The word says this. I got to do this. When it costs you too much, when your pain threshold is too low, it'll start costing too much and you'll quit. You may still attend, but you'll go backwards. We have to let God do the gradual growth in our life so that we can grow. And, and let me say, and I close with this. The Bible says we grow from glory to glory to glory. And in those levels of glory, there's stages. Ten stages, eleven stages, whatever it might be. And what I've learned over the years, because I used to get so discouraged, I, I don't know about you, but have you ever experienced a time when it seems like everything's flowing in your life? Like marriage is good, wife's acting right, husband's acting right, kids are doing good, job's good, people aren't messing with me, I'm just, I'm happy, I'm just, I'm just full of joy. Anybody? Come on. Yeah. And, then, and, and you're like, it's flowing, man, like I'm with God. And then one day you go to sleep one night and you wake up in the morning and you feel like you've sinned. Like you're, you're, like you're grieved on the inside. Like, and you wake up with this thought, what did I do wrong? Anybody? Come on. Yeah. Anybody feel that way? Can I, can I help you with that? I mean, is it just a few of us or am I talking to, if you're a Christian walking with God, it should have happened. What happened is, and I used to get so discouraged, like, God, what did I do? I just went to sleep. I mean, I know I sin, but how do I sin in my sleep? 
Because I would go from being just like, everything feels good, and it's like I'm up, and I'm like charged, and then I wake up, and it's like, I did something wrong, but I don't know what I did. And God finally showed me, Steve, you grow from glory to glory. You just grew to another level of glory, but you're on the bottom rung, so you have to learn to function in that level, and then it'll happen again. And now it happens all the time, but it doesn't bother me because I know how God works in the process. So Christians, a lot of times what we feel is wrong, God is saying is right. We just got to understand it. So the process is a slow, gradual growth. You know, I, I always wanted to be 18 to leave my house. I had good parents. I just didn't want anybody telling me what to do. I couldn't wait to be 18. So when I'm 12, I, I want to be 18. When I'm 13, I want to be 18. I missed a lot of those years because all I wanted to be was something else, some older do you know no matter how much I cried or how much I wanted it, I still had to wait 365 days every year to turn older. Now I want to be 40. I'm thinking, why did I want to grow up too fast? I miss so many things just wanting to be older, wanting to leave, wanting to go do my thing. And a lot of times that's the way it was gone, no matter how you work at, no matter how much you wish, God will never will never speed up the process to your detriment. I don't care what you do in here. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many, I don't care what influence you have or authority. When you're in God's hands, it's his timing, his process. All we have to do is yield to it and say, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And if we'll do that, then everything else he puts in our hands will be a blessing. It won't be a curse to you. Why do I have to achieve so much and build a great business and lose my family? I don't have to if I do it God's way. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we know we don't have to wonder. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to meditate on it. We know all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to purposes. His purpose is God is working for your good whether you can see it or not. I didn't see it at UPS. Today I see it. I didn't see what he was teaching me when I was officiating. But that's how he knew. I had to do something physical to understand what he was trying to do with me. And it's helped me tremendously. Because now when the process continues on, I'm like, God, I don't like it. And he'll, he'll say, I don't like it either. But that's what it is. You have to walk through this. You have to learn. And through the years, God has brought people across my path to teach me such valuable lessons in business, building buildings, doing all the things we've done. Who would ever thought a kid from a military home? My dad's a military guy. I love the military. Five kids. Out of all five, my parents said the one we would pick to never get up in front of people was Steve Smotherman, was our son Steve. I was so fearful of getting in front of people. I would take F's on my papers at work. I mean, at school, because I would have them done, but the teacher said, you got to get up and read it. I said, I'm not reading that. She said, Steve, I'll have to give you an F. Well, give me an F. I'd go home and say, Mom, I got another F. She said, you wouldn't get up, would you? I said, no. I was horrified. <laughs> and of all the five kids, now, my younger brother was a debate major. He was a stud athlete, too. Now, he's pastoring, but they expected that. But my parents have both told me, out of all five kids, you were the last one we'd ever pick to get up in front of people. 
See, God knows what's in you, but if you don't submit to the process, you'll never know. You think you know, but you'll never know. Today I'm doing things that I have no, I, I don't know how I'm doing it. I don't have the skill set, the abilities. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm not, you know, I'm just not. I'm not the sharpest tool in the tool shed. I'm not. I'm not. But somehow when we submit to God and humble ourselves, he can do things in us that we never thought possible. The world may say no, but God can say yes. That's where we need to land. We need to land where God lands. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for being here. I thank you for all that you've done today. Thank you. Bless this house. Bless Pastor Keith and Sheila and their family. Grant them the desires of their heart because they're so faithful. And we thank you for that, God. We just thank you. Blessing the people who came today, who are going to make church more of a priority who are going to serve God in a different way, who's going to understand them in the process. God, what is it you need me to do? And that, that's what they're going to do. They're going to be more faithful than they've ever been because of you, God, because they just get some understanding. And we thank you for all those online watching. Thank you, God, that we are able to use technology to reach people from all over the country and the world. Bless each one in Jesus' name. If you're sitting here just real quickly, and with every head bowed, and you say, you know what? I've walked with God, but I've walked away. And preacher, I've been discouraged because of some of the things you talked about. I just didn't understand, but I'm getting some understanding. I walked with God, but I walked away because I felt like God was against me. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's never against you. He's always for us. We just don't understand how he operates sometimes. That's why we got to trust. That's where trust comes in. Or you're here and you say, preacher, would you pray with me? I've never really given God my heart, not like you're talking about. I've said a prayer, but never with the intention of following through and become a disciple. One thing great about this church, it is an incredible discipleship church. Like, like almost no other I know of. And if you're here and you say, man, I'm, I'm ready to give my whole heart to God. I'm ready to submit my will to his, whatever that means, or I need to get right with him. All I'm going to ask you to do, and if you're online, you can do the same thing. If you're here with every head bowed and you say, would you include me in your prayer right now? In Jesus' name, if that's you, here's all I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to pray with you at your seat. If that's you, in Jesus' holy name, and you say, God, I'm ready. God, I'm going to submit to the process like never before. God, I just want you in my life. In Jesus' name, if that's you, would you just lift up your hand all over this place? Thank you. God bless 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 you guys. God bless. God is moved. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you guys. God bless you over here. God bless you. God loves you, but you'll never experience his love until you do this. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer if that's okay, pastor. I want to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths. And I'm going to ask none of those that lifted their hand or those online, I'm going to ask everybody in here to pray this prayer in support of those. And maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you should have. I'm going to lead you to Christ. He's the only Savior. We can't save you. Pastor Keith can't save you. I can't save you. This church can't save you. But God can save your life and then give you life. Would you pray this prayer with me aloud? Would you pray, Father, I choose to believe today that Jesus is your son and he's the only way so with my heart I choose to believe and now with my mouth I willingly confess Jesus be Lord of my life thank you for saving me thank you for forgiving me I choose 
to submit my will to your will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Pastor. It was a pleasure. It was a blessing, man. Come on, give my friend a big hand. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.